Hey, I'm Jamie Neal, host of 360 Yourself. In 2014, I had a breakdown and was hospitalized. Too much work, too much anxiety, too much coffee, not enough self-care and not enough balance. In the hospital, laying over my thoughts, I had to rethink my entire life. The doctor said I was overworked and my body gave up. Now, I'm not gonna say it wasn't scary, but it was a turning point for me. From there, I started to rebuild myself reading hundreds of self-help books and questioning everything from why do we have triggers? What is ego? What is persistence and motivation? What is manifesting? And what is identity? Many years later, someone recommended that I start a podcast. I was always curious about how others lead their lives. And thus, 360 Yourself was born, interviewing incredible minds on how they understand themselves and how they utilize knowledge and awareness to set out into their space. 360 Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant and curious minds and looking at the world around them. I speak to artists, musicians, sports athletes, authors, CEOs, and experts in human behaviors, released every Sunday at 12 o'clock. I ask questions about their mindset, journey, values, ethos, to fully understand how each of their minds work and process information. How can we become more aware of ourselves to grow to the ultimate person we know we can be? How do you 360 yourself to 360 the world around you? If you do enjoy our episodes that you're listening to and certain themes and topics ignite within you, please visit our Instagram page at 360 underscore yourself to tell us how you're growing and learning. Or you can email us jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. That's jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. And I'll read out every episode at the end stories and comments from you, the audience, the 360 years. Thank you, and remember to 360 yourself. Hello, Monica. How are you doing? Hello. Doing good. How are you, Jamie? Very, very well. Um, I'm obviously talking to you from the little uh, island we call the United Kingdom, where it's a bit grey and stuff, where you're actually talking from LA, which is a bit sunny, but you said there was a bit of rain Recently. Yeah, this morning uh, it was kind of nice to wake up. I I sleep with my window open, and it was uh, I was like, is it drizzling outside? And it was. So we had a little bit of rain. It's a little cloudy, but uh, looks like the sun is peeking through the clouds now. So uh, it never stays gloomy for too long here. No. <laughs> so what what happens sort of over Christmas and New Year almost? Because over in the UK, it's a bit uh, snowy sometimes and a bit cold. What is it like in in LA around that time? So I actually don't know that because I've spent uh, mostly all of my like holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and most New Year's uh, in New York, which is where I'm from. So it's uh, similar to, I guess, the the weather in the UK there. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's even colder. I've been to, well, I, I'm going to New York when it was like January time and it was just, oh, wow, the it's, snow was incredible. It was oh, it's cold. beautiful, but it is really cold. Yeah, I, when I moved to LA, it was in the middle of February and I had just kind of had it. <laughs> I was just like, I think this is my last winter in New York and let's go someplace where it's 70 and sunny most of the time <laughs> that's that's what i'm that's what i'm doing that's what i'm doing um but so did you so you grew up in new york and when did you move to la then i moved to la about six years ago now oh, which wow. is so 
you know, crazy to think about, but, um, yeah, I grew up on Long Island, uh, in Suffolk County, like a little over an hour outside of Manhattan, the city. And, um, you know, growing up as a dancer, my mom used to bring us in and out of, uh, of Broadway dance center. And, um, so that was fun, like training on the weekends there. And then, yeah, I, uh, I lived in Brooklyn for about six years. I, I went to school in the city and then, uh, moved out here just for like a change, but it was, uh, it was a, it was a really good shift, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, I can imagine because if, like, if people haven't uh, looked at your bio and what you've done, I mean, they should do because you are pretty iconic at this moment in time. I mean, you're working, oh, I just recently worked with uh, Olivia Rodrigo, which is, I, I was just commenting before Zoom with the MTV uh, VMA uh performance i was just saying how amazing there's a, there's a bit which there's a bit where it's a triangle thing and it's all this intricate kind of like choreography um and it's absolutely amazing and obviously uh, nominated for mtv video music awards for phineas uh also amazing and one of my favorite pieces is a song called always uh with uh is it george michael and mary j blige i think it is Mm-hmm. It was like a bit of a remake of one of their uh, songs by Tommy Theo. Yeah. Um, and it got and it got nominated for UK Music Video Award for Best Choreography. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. I guess, you know, that's big in the UK. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's 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 for us. It's like the 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 Oscars for music videos over here. Oh, no it, way. Yeah, it's quite. I mean, I don't know if there's any other music award ceremony like that there's obviously loads of big advertising and commercial awards and ceremonies but i think the uk music video awards is like is our like kind of like tony's or oscars or whatever it is for music for music videos especially incredible yeah it's it's like equivalent to the vmas i guess yeah yeah pretty much pretty much so obviously moving to la has done a world of good um because obviously all these brilliant people that you're you're working with and you're creating with as well so but i love to know so that's what i was saying beforehand i'd love to know how it all started from the beginning in terms of the dance classes and being creative and then the sort of transition into kind of choreography and stuff how did it all kind of come about wow yeah that is um obviously a loaded question but here we go <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you know, I, I kind of touched upon it, but, you know, grew up dancing and um, always loved it, always loved it, always loved performing. But there was always like this uh, anxiety around it, anxiety around taking class, um, anxiety around performing and fr uh, being in front of the camera and all of that. Like as much as I loved the art form, it there was just like a lot of stress for me that came with it being a dancer so um i had like taken a break actually for a little while when i was living in in brooklyn and i went to school for interior design <laughs> i have a degree in interior design from uh, the fashion institute of technology in new york and you know that was a great like couple years of my life and where, i danced where, kind of hang on, hang on. so you so you so you did dance then from like 18 19 whenever you do degrees or whatever you did that for three four years and then was you doing dance on the side and then you came back to how did it, how did you transition back into dance 
Yeah, I mean, I was in like very heavily kind of in the classical ballet world, which for me became like a very toxic thing that I knew was was very bad. And I, I just was like eating less and less and less <laughs> and like really started to just care more about like my body getting smaller rather than like anything else. And so, you know, I realized that that was obviously a very unhealthy way to live. And so I was thinking, you know, I, I feel like I need to take a break from this, but I don't want to stop creating and, and being artistic and, and creative in, in a way. And, you know, there's always, uh, I always want to like let out uh, my creativity in some outlet. So um, I was like, you know, I'm, I've always been interested in, in design and interior design and interior decorating or set design, even, even that. So um, yeah, I went to school for, for, for that. And I took a lot of classes. Uh, I took some illustration classes, some fine art classes. I kind of dabbled in everything like art history and, um, in a way fast forward to like where I'm at now, which we'll get to the in-between, but I do think like my, uh, design degree has helped me be the, the designer that I am today, as far as like when it comes to choreographing. So, um, I mean, I, uh, we did a really great job of like nailing home how important it is to have a concept and a strong concept and always going back to that concept or that one sentence or that one word of like, what is this about? What, what is the like origin of this whole idea? And so, um, I like to think that even though I'm not currently doing interior design, that, uh, my design degree did kind of trickle into what I'm doing now, which is cool. Um, and then I, yeah, I was, I was dancing kind of recreationally on the side, but I, I didn't want to like step into a dance class. Like I didn't want to, um, look at myself in the mirror. Cause I had like, you know, gained weight. Like I had gained like 20 pounds, like it, just normal weight from just not dancing and eating like a normal human. And, uh, yeah. And so I was like, there was a lot of anxiety again around like, the dance studio, the dance room, the mirror, just being the performer. And so for me, I was, you know, always struggling with like, well, how can I make it? How can I go back to like the reason why I do it? And like, it's because I love it. And that's, you love it when you're three years old, <laughs> but then when you are 18, it becomes a whole other thing because there's pressures of like, am I going to make this a career? Am I good enough? Am I skinny yeah. enough? Am I, you know? And so, and also, also like the financial things as well and like being freelance as well and people buying houses and family like I've seen so many people who were so talented but they just couldn't hack the lifestyle and I think I talked to I talked to a lot of people about that as well like choosing your career and the lifestyle is so important it's not like what you love doing but can you do the lifestyle that goes with the job as well yeah yeah it's the whole package it's yeah. not it's never just the one one thing you know and um absolutely and i mean i've i had like at one point i feel like 10 jobs just to like support you know taking classes or or just to support like me paying for a concept video or visual that i wanted to create and to pay the videographer and for the space and whatever pay for crafty so people had water you know like that you know what's, you're what's crafty 
<laughs> crafty. Um, it is like snacks and food on set, like the craft. That's what you're calling it, crafty. Yeah. Do you not call it that? What do you What do you call it? <laughs> um, confectionery table, maybe. I don't know. Snacks. Like and on, like on set. It's not a like that section is not like called anything specific. Like that table. Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. Like snacks, snacks table. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's, so funny. it's like sidewalk and like pavement. It's <laughs> sure. highway, driveway. But it's called crafty. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, anyway, carry on. Sorry, you were mid So you were paying for crafty videographer <laughs> in the space and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to support yourself. And like you're saying, like you have to support kind of like, what goes along with with the the career that you're choosing or the lifestyle that yeah. you're choosing, right? And um, so yeah, I had years of that. Years but of also, that. But also, New York is super, super, super expensive, like ridiculously expensive as well. So you got that as well, and mm -hmm. then doing your career as well. And and, mo and I assume most multiple people have multiple jobs in New mm -hmm. York because oh, yeah. it is so expensive anyway. So you have, also you know, have that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I did get carried away and got pulled away from, from being an artist, being a dancer, because, because of like my jobs providing for me, like I was a bartender at one point and, um, I was making like a, like really good money. You know, I was, I, at one point walked away with like $1,200 one night and was like, well, this is great. Like, you know, I'm making great money. I'm having fun doing it. I'm meeting a lot of people, but like, I wasn't creatively fulfilling, uh, my, my art and, you know, myself in that way. And so, uh, New York kind of, I feel like came my time there at that point, like I was kind of done with it. It came to an end. I, at that point really wasn't dancing at all. And I was actually doing some voiceover and then I moved here to LA to like pursue that like voiceover because at that point I was so far from wanting to be the like performer on camera and on stage and in front of people's eyeballs that I just wanted to be like not seen <laughs> and yeah. I just wanted to like perform uh, behind a microphone and not in front of a camera in front of a mm. screen. So. I was pursuing that like hardcore when I first got here. And then to support that, got a million jobs and I was babysitting. I was working at a um, a spin studio, like behind the desk. I was uh, teaching my own like workout classes. I, yeah, you name it. I, I mean, hustling, like. bustling. I feel, I feel <laughs> like the, the, it, I feel like what people say about LA is like, if you've got something, like if you're like nominated for whatever or you've got something then it's easy to enter in la but if you haven't like got like a load of nominations or whatever and then you're starting like at some place it's so much difficult to to navigate yeah. that space because also it's so spread out as well it takes you an hour and a half just to get from I know. Western I know and the traffic is just wild but um yeah it's kind of like you're moving here if you don't have any connections like you are yeah, starting yeah. you are starting from from scratch and so 
Um, yeah, I did that for, for a long time and then uh, realized that I wasn't being creatively fulfilled and was kind of kept coming back to that. There was like something missing, something missing. And then I was like, you know what? Frick it. I'm going to go to a class. I'm going to take a class. I'm going to my for the first class I took. Yeah, I was about to say who what was the first class you took? Who who, who <laughs> It was um it was a hip hop class because I was like I definitely don't want to be in a freaking leotard and tights. Uh-huh. And I, I just don't want to see myself like that. And so I wore like the baggiest thing I could and I went to a to my friend Sam Allen, who I haven't talked to in a very long time, but he taught a hip hop class at the edge, which is no longer around around which is so sad and um yeah it was uh, a hip-hop class i think it was like like beginner or intermediate i just wanted to like gently like (laughs) ease myself into it and um he called me out and like made me do a solo and i was but the anxiety came back right away you know it I, i was reminded of that feeling and i was like oh god like yeah, this is this is the thing I didn't like, but but there was something that was like reignited mm-hmm. that day, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna like keep kind of doing this and and seeing what happens. And um, I started making connections, and and I like upon taking his class, it was like a couple of weeks into taking his class, the, there was like an artist of the song he was teaching to that came to watch and was like needing dancers for their music video. And then I ended up booking the music video from the class that I was in. And so it kind of like, that was definitely a a sign for me, like, okay, maybe, maybe we should just do this. Who cares? Right. (laughs) Um, I then thought I was like too old though. You know, I was like in my early twenties, I was like, you were too old. Yeah, I thought thought I was too old to like start dancing at that, you know, like really going for it. Like, okay, maybe I get an agent now and start like the audition grind. Right. Am I too old now? Like I was almost in my mid twenties, you know? I mean, that's still super young. It is super young now when I think about it, you know, but, but, uh, bodies are weird, you know, and mine, like, struggled with like hip issues back issues so i was kind of like is this is this the thing do it should i do this like yeah am i am i making this decision to kind of like dive in and do it and i will say um uh one of britney spears dancers <laughs> I, my friend got us a backstage pass to britney's vegas residency at that year and i was learning about the dancers and i learned that the oldest dancer was like close to 40 uh it was pam too and i i was like so then i read up on pam more and i and she started i think when she was like in her early 30s or 30 she like decided to to make it her you know to really go for it and uh i was like oh okay like that was inspiring to me i was like oh i i'm i'm not too old let's do this so (laughs) yeah (laughs) what am i thinking um So yeah, so that was, that was definitely the inspo. And then I like went for it. I started taking classes like crazy. I was still doing my 900 jobs and then realized that all of those jobs were really pulling me away from the thing. So then I just, you know, got into one lane and drove forward and tried to kind of cut the fat, you know, and 
Yeah. How, how did you decide on what fat to cut? How did you decide which what things need to go? Because I because I think I, I think yeah. I think everyone can be like their own CEO boss brain yeah. person. But I think some people struggle to do it for themselves. They can do it for someone else, but when it's themselves, it's quite difficult sometimes. Absolutely. And I mean, we are our own business, right? Like as a freelance artist, like you have to be kind of self-aware in that way. And so uh, it was hard. It was hard to figure out. It was hard to, to really sit down and it takes like sitting down and holding yourself accountable and thinking about it and saying like, okay, what, what is bringing me like pure joy or, or what is, is keeping me in the lane, in the dance lane. Uh And it was like, just, I was like, all right, I'm just going to teach dance. So I, I started teaching for a studio and I started teaching like two and three-year-olds just to like get back into that like mindset. And I just always wanted to be moving my body. And I thought, you know, if I'm teaching two, three-year-olds, I am like still dancing. I'm Uh getting myself back into dance shape which was like also very important to me because I I had been so out of it um so yeah but then you know that anxiety is still there like it was it never went away it was still there it was like I the performing anxiety like on the job I had been fortunate enough to to get connected with a manager that had gotten me connected to my that agency that I was with at the time and um I had then booked a few jobs and there was still that like, am I good enough? I don't know. Like as the dancer on the other side of, you know, in front of the camera, I don't know what discussions are happening behind camera. Like I just felt very insecure as the performer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think everyone, even if you're the creative director, director, whoever it is, is always going, am I good enough? <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's, the, so. it's the imposter syndrome. It's the imposter syndrome. And that does, it always creeps in. And, and yeah, I guess there is comfort in knowing like that everybody's thinking that and that everybody's trying to figure it out <laughs> as yeah. they go. And, that, like, and that's, that's the beauty of others. Uh, what I love doing the podcast is because I think, as I, as I said to you before on the Zoom, like I can read like your biography, I can look at your socials and, and everyone, but actually hearing from the horse's mouth, the journey, mm-hmm. thought process, when you were feeling up, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling challenged, then you then then you then connect to the person. Go, actually, it's not just me. I've been battling this, and so it's a person who I thought has been sailing through it, but he actually does, turns out they haven't been. Yeah, like oh wow, I I know it's like oh wow that person didn't even dance for five years, <laughs> and then they came yeah, back. Like, to- I, like I didn't know you did dance for like I just thought you would like from your thing. I was like, oh, she must have been like from like age seven and just did it forever and just been doing it and it's just been on the scene. I didn't know you that you stopped. Like so that's what I'm saying. Like it's so lovely to hear that because I think people who will listen to this will go, actually, it's fine to take a break if you need to take a break and then come back because obviously you came back stronger and you had a different perspective and without again going down that design route you wouldn't have the mindset you have now and and like I always say to like people like Virgil Abloh unfortunately who, who just passed recently he he studied um I think it was um engineering or mechanics and then became a fashion designer and as a DJ and stuff and because he did that his yeah. mind was so different and was just constructed his space so differently and I, I love that that people can have a different yeah. slant in it rather than just doing dance for forever and ever and ever and, and not have like a different 
kind of perspective from a different angle. Yeah, I mean, I I actually I think it's really healthy, and I I support it, and I I I think um, I think everybody should take a moment, take a break, like reset, reflect, you know, and then and then either dive back in when it feels right, or or maybe you because you've taken that break, you've allowed another door to open, and it takes you somewhere else that brings you joy that you didn't think would you know so i definitely would suggest it i think yeah. it's great it's it's just it's just important to for people to hear that and to know it's okay it's okay not being okay but also it's okay to take a break and stop yeah. and figure out and of course since covid we've been able to have those moments of kind of pausing to go am i really enjoying it or i'm just on am i just in the the rat run space like people who are living in London or like New York, you're not really aware because you're so in it, <laughs> but then everything yeah. stops. You're like, Oh, actually, I didn't really like that. Um, yeah. How do I change it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we don't check in that much. I think it's really easy to get in that, like kind of mundane, like one foot in front of the other, let's keep this going. Uh, instead of like really holding yourself kind of accountable and saying like, okay, Am I truly happy? Is this bringing me joy? Is this challenging me in a way that is helping me grow in the mm. direction that I want? Or is this like actually deterring me from where I'm wanting to be going? You know? Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think the pandemic absolutely did that for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot well, of I, people. I'm, I'm interested to know, like, you, you, you speak about some of the, the moments in your life that are being very pivotal. Has there mm. been one moment that you thought that you probably said that, that was probably my biggest challenge that I've had to overcome? Is there anything in particular? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge was like figuring out how I can still storytell and like do the thing that I love to do in that way, like creating and, and um, telling stories, but like me not be the one doing it and almost like admitting that, like, I don't want to be the, I actually don't want to be like the, quote unquote, like star, like the one in front of the lens, the one on the stage, like I want to be the one creating it. And I think um, that was also very scary because then I felt like, again, I was starting from scratch. So mm. that that decision was was a tough one. Um, and so I think that, you know, overcoming that and then realizing like, oh, well, this anxiety that I'm feeling or like the insecurity within my body that like ballet created years ago, you know, like, what is the solution to that? Like, I feel better when I'm behind the camera, when I'm like making the thing, hmm. you know? I also yeah, feel yeah. like I can think more clearly, like it's not such a superficial thing. I was so tired of that, like my, like what I looked like, my image, whatever, like, it's kind of cool. Like I at one point like shaved my head because <laughs> I was no, just you like, didn't. yeah, I did. I know. And it's grown back, but I, uh, I shaved my head because I was just tired of, of like the sexy classes, the sexy heels classes, like the hairography. I was like so tired of it. And I was just like, oh, God, I just, yeah, you don't you don't really see it no more that the sexy heel classes. Why? It feels like it's sort of taken a backseat. I do. Yeah, I think I think it has. I um, that's cool. That's cool to see. And I feel like um, I don't know. I'd like to think that I'm also like part of that movement in that like 
like bringing technique to the table and, and bringing contemporary into the commercial world instead of it just be like, you know, heels, commercial dance or hip hop, right? Like mm. there's other styles that can come into it. And yeah, that's, that's, that's really fun for me. So I think, yeah. I think the whole image thing was, was definitely weighing hard on me. And I was just like, I'm, I just want to storytell and create and, um, and put my stuff on other people, you know? Mm. There's something in that though, about the kind of image of like what it should be or what I am. And I find that really fascinating how people can imprint an image of someone onto something because of the position or the area that they're in. And then yeah. you have to sort of break that image or I'm not really, I don't really want to be that image. I'm sure some people want to be, but then you had to step away and pivot into a different lane to then have a different image in a, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it goes along the lines of like kind of what we were talking about with like being put in a box, right? Like this yeah. idea, like having someone having this idea of you only being you know, one-sided or, you know, giving you parameters or borders. Yeah, it's but but people find it find it appealing to box you mm. in because they can't deal with someone doing multiple things at a level. And I love like people like Kevin Hart, who is a brand in himself, but yet has a production company. I'm assuming he has a fragrance, he probably does property, he probably has a furniture <laughs> yeah. company. He does loads of different things, but like we don't on it. Sometimes we don't like celebrate you know that Kevin enough. Hart as the comedian. He's a comedian. Yeah, but you don't actor. know. You don't yeah. see him as an entrepreneur. And I think mm -hmm. like people like Shaq is now celebrated as an entrepreneur now, not as Shaq. And because Shaq, everyone knows that Shaq can cut deals like left, right, and center, but mm -hmm. it's not as celebrated. I don't know why. And and because these are brilliant case studies of people who are have a platform but yet can draw different strings into different avenues right and not be boxed in but yet right. people still box people in as they come up and go oh you should be here or I think you're there and it's just like but right is it maybe like a like a targeted audience thing right like yeah like okay Shaq great basketball you know what I mean like people love to think about that yeah like even and, even like with acting like roles and stuff like mm -hmm. they like Hugh Grant does the same roles he's like in this little thing I mean he broke out when he did the Guy Ritchie film recently right. and right. that was a totally totally different role and I was like yes um but even in like certain, yeah certain like music things they have to like put you in a thing and obviously, obviously you can evolve and you can go on a journey with it but right. generally, like, I'm assuming all these kind of like the audience needs to know sort of a brand image. And so doing multiple things sometimes. But again, it's about what you let the public know and what do you let your space know? Like you can be this amazing director, but also have be an entrepreneur and have a property portfolio and be developing a new Hoover. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, yeah. But, but it's maybe true. but maybe public people don't know but you're doing it on the back it's tough it's tough i think i've always kind of struggled with that too cuz cuz as artists like we can do a lot of things you know like you're yeah. you're like that as well i 
looked yeah. at your page, like we, we all kind of can dabble in lots of things. And then it, it is hard to kind of like, I guess, kind of going back to what I was saying before, like choose a lane. Yeah. Um, but it is true. Like it does feel like, and in my own personal experience, I don't know about, about you, but if you're doing so many things, it really is hard to give everything that you're doing 100%. It's not possible though. So you have to sort of delegate your time and delegate responsibility. Yeah, and you have to pick and choose. Yeah, you can't be the lead person in each of these things. So I'm assuming, like Kevin Hart, I'm assuming he is the lead person. He just signs off mm -hmm. and someone's running the property. Someone's running the fragrance thing, whatever it is, or someone's running that. But he gives time to each of them, but he's not 100% invested in each of them because he can't give 100% because someone has to run it. So he's probably just overseeing stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably what it that's the thing the trick but i maybe maybe it's finding a commonality commonality between those individual pla uh, paths that you want to do so maybe you have like a florist company yeah. and then you and then you have um a food company and the florist and the food thing and then it's events company so the food for and it all kind of makes sense maybe i don't know Right, sure. Well, you know who does it really well is Billie Eilish, actually. She's like really doing a great job of like, yes, of course, she's Billie Eilish. She's this amazing singer, songwriter and performer, but also now has her, you know, clothing brand and also her fragrance and the kids clothing brand like is doing a good job of of being well rounded in that way and like kind of exploring other avenues that bring her joy, but like keeping it within her brand, quote unquote, you know? Yeah, I, I would love her to go and do something totally off off books. Like, <laughs> what would you love to do? What would I love to do? Yeah, Um, I would love to have a coffee farm. I cool. would I would definitely invest in the future in a coffee farm. I love coffee. Coffee is also a massive industry, like billion or trillion dollar industry, whatever it is. But I love mm -hmm. coffee as well. And I love like going to coffee farms. So I think that was one thing that I'd love to be partnered with is yeah. coffee. That's that, cool. Yeah. I think I think for me, it would be wine. Oh, man. Yeah, wine. Ad Adelaide, <laughs> Adelaide, they have the best wine there, apparently. Um, mm. I Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of people say this. Um, and obviously, New Zealand as well have really great wine as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think, I think I would want to like move to Italy though. And then like, uh, study wine. You could, I don't do. know enough. you could, I do. don't know enough about it. And then I would, I don't know, either stay there, open my own kind of wine shop or winery or come back with all my knowledge and do that. I mean, you, I mean, you could do the choreography and open a wine shop and then, but you'd have a co-founder and then you like dip in, navigate it and then on the rest days of when you're not full out going the choreography you could then do the the winery that makes my brain explode yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean? why why not though anything is possible anything is possible and i think Absolutely. people who try to limit you in your pursuit of exploring your interests i think are just very small-minded people because that because they can't see how to do it they go, I it's agree. not possible. Do you know what I mean? It's not possible. Why, why would you want to do it? It's like that. And I, partly why I love Americans is that there's, if you say, I want to create a, a million dollar film with 
five of the biggest stars, they'd be like, of course, I'm going to help you. Yes, this is going to be amazing. But then other places in the world, they'd be like, why is that possible? Like question it a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe there's that arrogance there with Americans. I don't know. But um, yeah, well, I mean, if you think about something too hard, you are going to get in your own way and you are going to stop yourself from doing it. Right. So maybe there is magic to that. Like, don't think too hard, kind of just drive forward and, and put the blinders on, go, 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 go until it happens. Yeah. You know? There's, a, there's, there's someone, one of my friends, uh, she's incredible. She's called Chelsea Grimes. Shout out to Chelsea Grimes. She is, <laughs> she, yeah, she is a, a songwriter. So she's written loads of stuff for like Dua Lipa, like really killer hits for her. She's like major in the songwriting world. She's also Amazing. a singer herself. But she also plays football for the women's uh, football team. I don't know what it is. I think it's Manchester. I think I think it's she's part of a team. Or she plays like quite high level football, and she's also a TV presenter. That's amazing. And I'm just like singer songwriter, football actually plays <laughs> football and is a TV presenter. Like and is well very well versed in all three of these assets and makes it makes it work. And then I'm just like, how do you like? It's amazing, but how do you like yeah, the whole it's brand? Thing? It's great, and I love it, and I love how how diverse she is in her portfolio. I love it, and her interest. She's just gone. I love song songs. I like football. I like presenting. I'm just going to do it, and I'm like, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's there's also because like you're following your heart. You're you're like really following and like mm-hmm. in touch and tapping into like what brings you the most joy. Like yeah, you know. The yeah, endorphins, yeah. when do they flow like at their highest rate, Indeed. you know, and like, when are you the most happy? And um, yeah, I think for me, like with with choreography, that's that's where I feel like the most joy because I'm storytelling and bringing visions to life. I'm not only thinking for myself and like working with a team, which I love to do, and then, you know, creating something that's really cool and then able to like hire on dancers and friends and and family and you know it's it's a community thing i mean i mean my one of my favorite things as well i did love to know how long it took to to create this but it was the olivier rodrigo like it was like a short film of like 30 minutes or whatever how long did it actually take to create everything pre-production not very long at all (laughs) really (laughs) yeah it that that project came in in like hard and fast and uh we just had to make it happen and and honestly i i was so inspired by it and working with with kim and and toby the the directors uh i was really really inspired by their vision and what it you know what we they wanted to create and um it was there was like this nostalgia as well because it brought me back to like high school and and olivia a lot of the time was talking about how she didn't get to experience prom and like things like homecoming and like didn't have a normal like high school experience and so um it was kind of cool to add like they wanted this like dark layer to it right like going to prom and then adding this like dark layer to high school like the high school experience so always making it kind of weird and quirky and i man i was just like so pumped and so inspired by the treatment that I couldn't wait to get it going and I couldn't wait to work with like a bunch of dancers and um, I prepped myself for about a a week 
um, like back and forth with with the directors and with the team. And then um, and then I brought in my assistants and I prepped with them for well, my one assistant, Jen, shout out to Jen. Uh, she <laughs> came over to shout my out house. to all the assistants out there. First oh, of all. <laughs> shout out to all <laughs> the assistants out there. Um, Jen came over to my place in my apartment <laughs> and we um we worked for like a couple hours like three days in a row just like getting each number like okay what does this number like mean and how are we gonna portray the vision for this specific Uh song and how is it is it still you know how does it still relate to the overall vision like always going back to that and lots of conversations and figuring out phrases and some of them weren't even fully like ha- like kind of figured out until all of the dancers got into the room but then my second assistant flew in because she was actually not in la um she had moved during the pandemic so she was coming from from louisiana she came on out to la and you know was my second assistant and the day before we met with the dancers i taught them all of the choreography everything and then we had one (laughs) i don't recommend this but we had one full day with the dancers which was about it was a full day it was a 12-hour day and then the next day we had about four hours to like clean and like like throw olivia into the formations yeah wow so shout out to the dancers as well because they really nailed it. They like, re- I mean, with a day and a half, man, that is just <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. See, I I'm not going to say how long <laughs> I thought you had because I, it's just, but I it, it, wow, it's crazy, isn't it? Just I mean, now now it if was... you now if you look back at it at, with people who are listening with fresh eyes and go, this is a day and a half of work. <laughs> with rehearsal um could you imagine if you did had three days of full rehearsal what would it be like then i know i know um and we definitely had longer for for other projects uh Mm -mm. with her but i think this one like yeah this one came together fast and and we we had to make it happen and so honestly it was very exciting like it was really exciting it was uh it kept me on my toes and uh i imagine so it, yeah, you, and you absolutely nailed it. It looks so it looks so good. If you have, if people haven't uh, looked at it, I'm sure you have. If you have, if you're listening to this, but it is really, really well thought out, and the concepts and the art direction is just, and the 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 cinematography, like just a blending of everything, just marinates so well together. That yeah, it it was really truly amazing, um, and the experience like on set, being a part of like an integral part of it all coming together was really cool. I think one of my favorite days on set was um, when we shot Good for You, and we shot that the same day as Driver's License, and they both come at the end of the film. Driver's License is like it actually it was like a structured improv upon uh, duets of dancers like surrounding this piano. And so that one was fun to put together and it was more way more free for Olivia. And then the the second piece, Good For You, we put together in the same day on the USC field. And uh, the cheerleaders, Alyssa Sniff, who choreographed for the cheerleaders, uh, they learned that all on the day, which was amazing. 
and wow. it looked incredible like stunting all of it they did it all on the day and then the drum line i put together on the day as well and that was really cool because i had never choreographed a drum line before so so i'm looking at like the drum line head and i was like uh can they do this like you know and yeah yeah you're just suggesting like, like yes yes <laughs> yeah he was like yeah totally we can absolutely do that and so it was really it was really a collaboration of of all all departments everybody coming mm. together um and yeah the <laughs> the first time that we put all the groups together so we had the dancers and olivia uh we had the cheerleaders and we had the drum line and then we had the band mm -hmm. And the very first time that it all came together, like all of the groups at once came together. And you saw like there was that overhead shot where like then they wrapped around Olivia and then created like these circles and moved around her. And I was like, is anybody going to run it? Like, I don't know if it's going to work I, in my head. It's going to work. This was the very first time they had all done it, all parts layered in the same space. And Olivia, we were showing Olivia. Oh, wow. I, was like, I was like, are they going to run into each other? I don't think so. Is that one going to run into that one? I don't think so. And then, yeah, after it, we, I, we were like, let's just see it. Let's do it. And uh, she was like, I'm obsessed. I love it so much. And it all worked. And that wow. was uh, that was my favorite moment, I think. I'm going to watch it back later on this evening. It's <laughs> have some fresh eyes. Now, now, I, now I know. Now I know all the behind scenes things. I, lo I love that. I love learning like how it all kind of came together and we look at going, oh, wow. OK, cool. It was really cool. It was all hands on deck. It, yeah, everybody, everybody was such an important, played such an important role. That's awesome. So. Um, as we conclude our episode, even though I could talk for you for hours because you're such a, like a charismatic person and we just have all these good old chats. Um, yeah. I love asking this question to my guests. Um, it's called Give Back. Um, what would you give back to our audience or even your younger self that might have inspired you? It could be a book, a painting, a quote, um, any, anything. What would you give back? Well, I do have a quote. Um let me just get it for you so I don't mess it up. Um, and I heard this quote years ago when, and I embarrassingly don't remember like who said it or where I heard it, but I remember specifically being in Brooklyn uh, with my sister's partner, Chris, and we were both like, this is one of the greatest things we've ever heard because it's so simple, but it's, it's so important and everybody needs to know it. And the quote is, wake up in the morning, go to bed at night, in between those two times, be the best person you can be and do no wrong to anybody. Yep. And it's like, duh, right? But but <laughs> like, it's so simple, but um, people don't do it. And I think for me, uh, where I've, like how I've made it to where I am now, I I truly believe it's just because I'm, I like people, <laughs> I love helping people. And I think I'm a, you know, I'm a team player and that's how I always got my next job. It was never like, it was always the people I know, always who I worked with last, always the producers, the director, like bringing me on to a new thing. I, it money, I didn't care about the money. I was always willing to do 
you know, just help out and, and, and be cool and have fun. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about being a good person. And I personally only want to work with good people. And I have like very well aware chosen to not work with people that I haven't vibed with, who haven't been cool on set, who haven't treated another person well on set. And so, um, yeah, I think like just being a good person and it'll come back to you, you know, um, the world is small. The world is so small. Too small. <laughs> Too small. I was, I was, I was working with someone recently, and uh, they were texting someone, and someone else overheard that person's name, and then was like, uh, uh, nah, nah, nah. and then that person just didn't. And I was like, oh wow, that's how. That's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So that's- yeah. So it's uh, it just got to be nice to everyone. Be nice and just be not generally nice. Not nice because you need to be nice, but generally, honestly, nice. And just take a moment just to be like to thank everyone for just being there, their time. Because you can't get back time. Like the person that like helps you move a chair because you're moving a chair. I don't know, whatever it is. Like anyone yeah. who just does a good nice thing, to say thank you and just be nice to every just be nice to people generally because everyone's yeah. giving time and you can't get back time. And that's what I mean, the best. Bill Gates says you, he can't buy, buy time. All you, all yeah, you can do. and I mean we we've all gotten to where we are today not by our doing it ourselves. Ourselves, you know, it's like there's a team. There's always a team behind like every great project behind everything. Everything. And everything. Yeah, every, literally um, everything. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that was something that I had heard a couple of years ago, and not that I didn't you know, ever think about it or live by it. But I was like, I'm going to share that today because I I think that I know that that gets you really far. And being like you said, that was the key genuinely, like not so that you can excel, not so that your career, you know, goes someplace else. It's like, because you want to help for the sake of the project for, you know, whatever it is, just be cool. <laughs> just be cool simple simple words well i want to say thank you so much for giving me your time because again time is really precious and you could have done a million other things um then uh, speak to me on an uh tu- is it tuesday tuesday uh but thank you so much for, for coming on 360 yourself you have been 360 thank you very much Woo! <laughs> thank you so much jamie this is really fun Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our awesome guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our amazing episodes. We are released every Sunday at 12 o'clock. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram for more discussions, education, and inspiration at 360 underscore yourself. The host, that's me, Jamie Neal, on Instagram at Jamie Neal JM. If you do enjoy our episodes that you're listening to and certain themes and topics ignite within you, please email jamie at 360.co.uk and I'll read out at the end of each episode stories and comments from you, the audience, the 360ers. And remember to 360 yourself.